Amen. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you are glad that you're in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Let's turn to John chapter 14. If you got John chapter 14, say amen. amen. Verses 16 and 17 and verse 26, please. Amen. Hmm. Amen. Father, Lord, we are grateful to you this morning, Lord. We thank you for the privilege that you have given us to come. Look and ponder and meditate on your word, Father. We pray that you will speak into our lives. We pray that Christ will be exalted. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind it in Jesus' name. We take victory in the house this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Praise God. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither see him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Praise God. Today's message is titled, You Got Help. You Got Help. Turn to your neighbor, tell, turn your na turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, You Got Help. Amen. Well, you might have heard, or you are all, always you're hearing, you got mail. Well, this is not you got mail, but this is you got help. Praise God. See, the Lord has called us to live the abundant, exuberant, full life. We are God's children. We have experienced the goodness of God and the grace of God. We have received the gift of salvation from the Lord. And that assures us that we have a ticket to, ticket to, hello, ticket to, huh? Right. My goodness, where are you guys bound? Huh? Yes, it assures us a spot in heaven. But its life is not only just living in heaven and living in eternity. God wants us to experience eternal life. Yes, Christ came so that we can have eternal life. But it's not only eternal life. Christ wants us to experience now, today abundance of life, the fullness of life, the overflowing life, the exuberant life, life that is vibrant, life that is thriving, life that is bubbling. He wants us to experience that life today here. Many
many who are prepared and who are heaven bound are living the kind of hellish life here because they do not or they fail to tap into the resources of God that is available for us. Even though the resources are available, if you cannot access it, if you cannot retrieve it, if you cannot tap into it, you cannot live the kind of life that God wants us to experience and live in this world today. He wants us to live an overcoming life. He wants us to live a victorious life. We cannot settle for a beat up life. We cannot settle for a life that is run over by the enemy. We cannot settle for a life that is miserable. No, the Lord has not called us to live a miserable life. He has called us to live a full, joyful life. Listen, the provision for salvation was made on the cross of Calvary where God has called us out of darkness into marvelous light, where he has redirected our destiny from hell bound to heaven bound. Yes, as much as we have accessed that, God wants us to live an overcomer's life here, now, Today and knowing that we by ourselves cannot do it, cannot make it, cannot pull it, cannot do what we can do. The Lord has given us help that we need to live that overcoming life. Now turn your turn to your neighbor and say, tell your neighbor, neighbor, you got help. Make sure you tell your neighbor you got help and your neighbor realizes you're talking about help. Don't turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor you got help. <laughs> we don't have no help. We have help. Okay? We have what? We have help. Now, coming into the context of what we are talking about, John chapter 14, 15, 16. The context is just hours before Christ is going to go up to the cross, lay down his life on the cross for the sins of mankind. Jesus is not making this, this conversation is not on the hillside by Mount Olives. It is not a preaching to the mass crusade. He is not talking to the Galileans. He is not in a debate with the Sadducees and the Pharisees. He is not engaged in a discourse with the elites, but he is with the chosen 12. He's spending time with them. He's pouring his heart into them knowing that hours from now he is going to go up to the cross. He's going to lay down his life and realizing, seeing what his disciples will go through, he is preparing them. And what is the Lord telling? He says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever forever praise God 
See, Christ was with his disciples for three and a half years. Now he's going, he knows that they are going to feel lonely. They are going to feel as if they are lost. They are going to feel as if the wonder, make wonder, miracle man of Galilee will be gone. And he knows that all these emotions are going to disturb them and trouble them. That's why he starts, John chapter 14 starts with the word, do not let your hearts be troubled trust in God believe in God believe he also in me this morning if you're seated in the house of God and if your heart is troubled the word is for you the Lord is telling you do not let your hearts be troubled trust in God believe in God believe in me also why don't let your hearts be troubled because you got you got help praise God you got help praise God hallelujah yes look what Jesus is saying you know he will give you another I'm gonna ask the father and he will give you another helper one version says comforter if you read John chapter John chapter 14, 15, 16, we see that term occurring again and again. The comforter, the helper, the Greek word parakletos is used. Paraklete means one who's by your side, one who is by your side to help you, one who speaks on your behalf, one who stands for you, the comforter that is with you. So Jesus is saying that I'm going to go, but I'm going to send a comforter. The Father is going to send a comforter. He's going to send a paracleto. He's going to send the helper to be with you forever. Anybody in the house feeling lonely? Hello? Are you feeling lonely? Just because you are seated in a congregation does not mean that you cannot feel lonely. Being in a crowd can also make you feel lonely. Before loneliness is where? It's on the inside. But if you are feeling lonely, this morning we want to assure you that you as a child of God do not have to feel lonely because the Spirit of God, the Helper, the Comforter, the Advocate, the Paraclete, is with you. Now, depending on where you're from, okay? Now, if you come from the developing countries, if you come from India or any other part of the world, if you have seen one of those, one of those advertisements for job openings, for every trade, they also have another sub-trade. They call it the helper. So if you are applying for a job for a fitter, they have a helper for the fitter. If you are applying for a job for an engineer, they have a job called the, the, the helper for the engineer. Now, tell me, you know, in, in uh, this part of the world, we call it what? We don't call it helper, we call it what? Huh? Assistant. We call it the assistant. Now, who do you think is more qualified? The assistant is qualified? Uh, or or the, the one who has the skill is qualified. Who's qualified? Huh? Who's qualified? Huh? More qualified is who? 
the skilled one, okay? The helper is, most probably is in training or is unskilled, is called to help. And most of the time we live our life as if the Holy Spirit is the helper who is inferior, who is not able, who is just there to give us a push when we are in a jam. Yeah. Most of the Christians treat the Holy Spirit as if he is a mist, as if he's a vapor, as if he is what? As if he is, he is something that is part of our imagination. But the Bible, whenever the Bible refers to Holy Spirit, does not call Holy Spirit it, but calls he or him. Meaning, he has a personality. He can be grieved. He can be quenched. He can, he can be grieved easily. Praise God. He has a personality. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? He's part of the Trinity. He is co-equal. He is co-eternal. He was there in the beginning. He was there in the creation. Yes, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Each of them are distinct, but they are equal. Praise God. So Jesus says, I'm going, and the Father is going to send the helper to help you. The comforter, the advocate, the one who will be by your side. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's going to be where? It's going to be by your side. And look what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, I'm going to send you. He's going to be with you for? For? Praise God. Do you know we've been called to live for? What? For what? It's going to be with you for? Praise God. Amen. So Jesus, number one, he calls him paraclete. He's a helper, he's an advocate, he's a comforter. Now, when you hear the term comforter, what comes to your mind? What comes to your mind? What's the picture that comes to your mind when you hear the term comforter? Huh? Grieve? Okay, what else? Anybody else? Huh? Mother? Okay. What else? Blanket. Okay. Hey, look. You need to understand. Everybody don't think the same. You know, you need to say what comes to your mind. Okay. For one person, he's talking about grieving. The other person is mother. The other person is comfort. The blanket. Okay, anybody else? Huh? Protector. Is that what you said? Okay, protector, okay. Comforter as protector. Jesus says that you're going to feel lonely when I'm gone. You're going to feel as if you are lost. You're going to feel abandoned. You're going to feel like orphans. You need not feel that because of what? Because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. He is with you now, but he is going to be 
in you pretty soon. Hello. He is where? Where is the Holy Spirit now? Where is the Holy Spirit now? Well, within me, within you. Well, the question is, how does the Holy Spirit feel within you? What did I ask? Is the comforter comfortable in you? Oh. Let me, let me repeat that question. Is the comforter comfortable in you? He's in me. He's in you. Praise God. But is he comfortable in you? Oh, Pastor, what are you asking? Is he comfortable in you? What do you think? Only you can answer it. I can't answer it. You can't answer it. But you need to answer that question this morning. Is the comforter comfortable in you? You think that the comforter in you can get uncomfortable? Even the question is making you uncomfortable. Huh? What do you think? Do you think if the Spirit of God is grieving in you, is He comfortable in you? If you have the tendency of quenching the Spirit of God, do you think He's comfortable in you? The Holy Spirit is within us, He's been given to us so that we can live what? We can live an overcoming life. Now, listen, Paul writing to Timothy says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind. Now, that's what Paul tells Timothy. He says, God has not given us a spirit of timidity. He's not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and sound mind. Now, if fear is in you, if fear has taken a spot in you, if fear has taken a place in you, if fear has taken a foothold in you, if fear has made a stronghold in you, oh, forget about fear. Don't we all have at times anger, bitterness, murmuring, grumbling, all these things that goes on within our hearts. But we are what? We are the temple of thee. We are the temple of thee. Yes, he abides within me. He abides within me. If he abides within me, we can't have no place for any of the other things. But quite often with him in residence, in dwelling within us, we have all these fellows lurking within us, putting that ugly face once in a while outside. Do you think he feels comfortable? I'll let you answer it. Is the comforter comfortable in you? Praise God. If he's not, that means 
if we have to look into our own lives and tell some of those guys who are in there to do what? To take a, to take a, to take a hike. To take a hike. Give him complete authority. Let him rule and reign in your life and experience the fullness of life that God has called you to live. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Mm. Jesus calls him not only the helper, the advocate, the paraclete, he also calls him what? The spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. Wow. Who's going to come? The spirit of truth is going to come. Who has taken residence in us is the spirit of truth. Who is saying this? Who is saying this? Jesus, who said I am the truth. Jesus, the embodiment of truth, whose words are truth. Sanctify them with thy, with the truth for thy, what is the, what is, your word is the? <laughs> so Jesus, the truth, the embodiment of truth, his word, which is the truth, and the spirit is the spirit of truth. Hello. Wow, wow. Look at this. Christ, our Savior, He is the embodiment of truth. His word is truth. The spirit that abides within me and you is the spirit of truth. It's all one truth. Praise God. We live in a world that is a web of lies and deception. All over the world, it's a web of lies and deception. We live in a worldly system which is corrupted and which is full of lies and deception. The, the power that rules and reigns here is Satan who is the father of lies. And for us to live a life superseding that, overcoming that system, you need to yield yourself to the spirit of truth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So he's an helper. He's an advocate. He's by my side. He's the spirit of truth. And what else? He dwells within you. Verse 25, 26. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. He will teach you all things. Tell your neighbor all things. He will teach you what things? What things? Huh? All things. Praise God. What does all things include? What does all things include? What do you think all things include? Praise God. 
everything that you need to know, starting with God, the things of God. He will teach you all things. Who? The one who is in you. Now, is there anybody who can teach the Spirit of God anything? Do we think that we, there is room for us to learn? What do you think? Do you think there is room for us to learn? Is there room for us to learn? Two thousand six, we took a team to Maharashtra from our church. A mission team went from here to Maharashtra. I think there was—I don't remember the exact count, maybe sixteen or so. We went to this place, the tribal belt. It was called the Nawapur, and there was a great revival going on there. Still, now the entire mountain region is completely converted, transformed, and they come to the Lord. And we have met this young leader there. At that time, he was probably in his in his late forties. He got saved. He was from an elite family. He got saved, but he was, they, were so, they were living in such an interior place that he was never exposed to any kind of education. He was illiterate. Okay? He could not read. He could not write. Somebody shared the gospel with him. He got saved. And he had this, this desire within him to learn God's word, to study God's word, to know more of God. And this knowing pain with him continued to continue to work in him. And he would sit in the presence of God with a Bible that somebody gave him. He would sit with that, with that book and he would open it, but he could not read it. Why? Because he was illiterate. He could not read it. I'm not making this up. You can verify it after this if you need. I'll get you the number for him. Praise God. This man, after spending time in the presence of God, do you know what happened? Every night, the Spirit of God started teaching him what? The alphabets. I'm not making this up. I have witness in the house here who has seen that person, who has been with that person, and who has heard the testimony. Every night, the Lord will put a screen before him and taught him alphabet, how to read, how to write. And this man, he started reading God's word eventually. Now he's a leader among them. We have confined the Spirit of God to just simply speaking in tongues and making a lot of noise. Speaking in tongue is absolutely needed and necessary for it opens for you and for me a realm that can be taken into the deeper things of God. You speak mysteries with God, but it is not confined to that. When you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, He is your advocate. He is 
by your side. He is your helper. He is your paraclete. What you can do with your own strength. What you can do with your own ability. What you can do because of your limitations. The Spirit of God. Praise God. He enables you to do it and to accomplish it. He will teach you all things. Praise God. Hallelujah. What else does he do? Look what the word of God says. I'll touch one more thing and then we'll continue. Look what the word of God says. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. What does that tell you? He will bring into remembrance all that I said to you. There is an immediate application and there is an application for us. What is the immediate application there? How many of you guys remember what I preached three years ago? Nobody. How many of you remember word to word everything that your favorite preacher has preached to you ten days ago? The disciples of Jesus walked with Jesus three and a half years. Day and night they heard what the Lord was speaking. They were not walking around with Jesus thinking that one day they have to write down everything that the Lord is saying. But three and a half years later, the Lord was crucified. The Lord went up to heaven. The Spirit of God came down on the day of Pentecost and He reminded them everything that the Lord has taught them that they could write it down. How many of you guys re remember the Beatitudes? Blessed are the meek, for they shall. Two people. Blessed are the peacemakers. Two people. We just don't remember. But the Spirit of God reminded them what? Everything that the Lord that they wrote it down verbatim. What's the application for us? What's the application for us? Whether you go to Awana, whether you go to Sunday school, whether you memorize verses at home, whether you're part of the scripture fighter or verse fighter, wherever it is, let me tell you, David says what? Thy word have I hid in my heart so that I might not sin against thee. When you have the word of God in your heart, 
the Spirit of God will remind you the words of Jesus, the right word at the right time for the right occasion, for the right event is reminded by the Spirit of God. That is why it's absolutely important that you orient yourself, acquaint yourself with the Word of God because the Spirit of God will remind you the words of Jesus. One more thing before I wind up today. We'll continue. Just one more thing. John 16, 12 to 14. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Oh, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. The spirit of truth cannot guide you into any other place other than the truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he will hear, he will speak. He will hear from where? Whatever he will hear, he will speak. Hear from where? <laughs> come on, come on, church, wake up. Whatever he will hear, he will speak. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? I can't hear, otherwise I could have repeated what you just said. But whatever he hears, he will speak. What does that tell you? Hears what? Hear what is said in the throne room of God. What else can he hear? What else can he hear? What else can the Spirit of God hear? What else can he hear? Okay, what else can he hear? Huh? The plan of God in your life, very good. What else? You think the Lord hears your conversation and my conversation? Yes? Huh? He can hear everything, absolutely. He can hear everything. But do you think he hears our conversation? When we whisper to each other, can you give me a verse for that? Yehovah Bhaktamar, Tamil Tamil Samsarichu. Oh, 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 oh. They that fear the Lord, praise the Lord. Now, do you think that the Spirit of God can hear? conspiracy against you. I'm not talking about conspiracy. The brothers do against you. I don't think the brothers do that. Alright? But do you think that, that hell plans an assault on you? What do you think? What do you think? Do you think hell plans an assault on you? Assault on your family? Assault on your well-being? What do you think? Huh? It does. 
It is absolutely important to be fine-tuned our ears to the Spirit of God. It is absolutely important that we remain sensitive to the Spirit of God. To hear what He has to say. He would not only tell you what He hears from the throne room of God. Every time the enemy plants an assault against you, He can bring it to your attention so that you can escape from it. I can prove it to you from the Word, but let's move on. I want to touch one more thing. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will tell you things to come. How many of you guys want to know things to come? Anybody here? One. One sister wants to know what. Two. Who else? Three. Four. Do you think the Holy Spirit will tell you things to come? Yes? I am not saying this. Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying, the paraclete that I am sending, that my Father is sending, He will tell you things to come. What is this things to come? Number one, what's in the Word of God? What's going to happen? He's gonna, he can tell you. Number two, the scope of things is such that he can tell you things that can happen in the world. Proof, Acts chapter 11, the prophet Agabus came and he prophesied, what did he say? In the spirit of God, he told about a famine that was going to come into all the world. He prophesied there was going to be a famine and the word of God, what does it do? It authenticates by saying that in the reign of Claudius Caesar, the famine that was prophesied by Agabus came to pass. Why? Why was that prophecy given? Why was that foreword given? So that the church made a collection and reached out to people who were suffering at that time because of the famine. God lets you in into his secrets. God lets you in into the future so that you and I can be prepared. To be forewarned is to be forearmed. It's not just to keep the matter to yourself, but to act on it. I know there are people here who do not believe in prophesying. I believe what the Word says. And I am telling you what Jesus said. Jesus said, He will speak of things to come. Number one, worldview. Number two, Agabus prophesied to Paul that you will be bound like this. You will be persecuted. It's not only in the global view that God can speak to us about things to come. He can talk to you about your personal life. He can talk to you about your ministry. He can talk to you about what matters to you. Learn to have an ear to the Spirit of God. Just in case you want to challenge what has been said, I will end with the words of Jesus. He who hath 
an ear, let him hear what the Spirit You got, you got help. The question is, are you tapping into it? Praise God. Who is this that stands by us? Who is this that indwells us? Who is this that has taken residence in us? What do we think about him? Praise God. Hallelujah. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is all-able. Praise God. There is nothing that he cannot do. Praise God. Well, you say that I don't see him. I know you don't. Do you see the wind? You say, I don't see him. Do you see the electricity? Do you see it? But you see a manifestation of that. Praise God. God has made the provision for you and for me to live a victorious life, to live an overcoming life. Allow the Spirit of God to give you this kind of grace and the strength that you need so that you will continue to go from victory to victory, from power to power, from grace to grace, from glory to glory. Shall we rise up before the Lord? Praise God. All eyes closed. You got help. You have the paraclete, the one who stands by you. The one who's in you. Is the comforter comfortable in you? If he's not, relieve yourself from things that continues to torment your thoughts, continues to sow doubts in your mind, continues to disturb you, and allow the Spirit of God to rule and reign in your heart, in your lives, Give him the reins of your control. Giving this, give him the steering of your life to him. Let him lead you. Let him steer you. He will tell you what he hears in the throne room of God. He would lead you into all the truth. He will tell you things to come. Things that you need to know. Praise God. Father, we yield our lives to you. We pray that we would live the abundant life that you called us to live. Far often, Father, we live short of what you have promised us, what you have in store for us. We become content with what we have, Lord. But we pray through the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, we will access, we will tap into the untold riches of what God has in store for us. Send us home with your blessing. Make us sensitive to the voice of the Spirit. Make us sensitive to the Spirit of God. May your word continue to be in our hearts so that your Spirit will bring it to remembrance what we need to know, Father. We yield our lives to you. Send us home 
with your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be